0: Good morning, how's everybody doing this morning? I'm Pastor Rob, I'm one of the staff pastors here at Bridge, and um, before we dive into the word this morning, this morning, we're going to continue in our series, Taboo, talking about things we don't talk about, and I just love that little dude, I wish I was as cool as what he is, and uh, wish I had style like he has, and uh, all that good jazz, but uh, yeah, can I do that? No, nah, it doesn't work, it's not near as cute, that's for sure. But before we dive in this morning, I wanted to say thank you um, from our Costa Rica team uh, that just came back from Costa Rica last week. And many of you have heard stories or maybe saw Facebook posts and and all that good jazz. Uh, God did awesome things in our team's life and in the lives of people who we were able to love on and impact uh, during our time there. I want to say thank you for, for your giving and your, 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 like pastor Matt said, our church is such a loving church. It's a generous church. Um, we were able to raise all of our funds for our projects, not just in Nicaragua where we first were getting ready to go. We were able to raise funds for our, our trip to Costa Rica. And because of you guys, there's a shipping container and the next it's already been shipped. It'll be there in about two weeks to Nicaragua. Um, and, and it should be arriving there, but also we were able to put a roof on a on an educational wing. Um, in, in Costa Rica, we were able to pour a sidewalk that was, uh, yeah, pretty long. It started out shorter, but as the week went on, it got longer. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know what that's like. Um, and we were able to pour the sidewalk for this church. This is literally in a revitalization process. They were getting ready to close the church, and a pastor from another town said, hey, Give me a shot at it. And uh, so he's pastoring two churches, and it's awesome, their family, and we were able to really just love on their family, and, and awesome to see what, what God is going to do there in and through their ministry. And so uh, this morning, uh, we're talking about taboo, things we don't talk about in, in church that much, and, uh, and so this morning we're going to talk about heaven and hell, and my, I wanted to add one more thing to that, heaven, hell, and me. And You may say, Pastor, those aren't too taboo of topics. We 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 talk about heaven, and maybe we touch on hell once in a while. And how do they? But the key here is, how do they affect me? How does heaven and hell affect me? And, and so, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of controversy about heaven and hell in our in our world. And you know, I think the reason why we don't address these issues is because they're they're kind of uncomfortable. There are things we don't like to talk about. If I don't like something, I don't usually talk about it too much, right? If I don't like hell, I don't talk about it too much, right? And, and those sorts of ideas. And and this morning, the point of what we're talking about and what we're teaching on it is not a theological debate. It's not a. Uh, it, we're simply going to look at Scripture, see what it says about heaven and how it describes heaven, and and look at Scripture and look at hell and how it describes hell, and and then we're going to look at what does that mean for us. What does that mean? For, for us here? What does it mean for, for me? And uh, so, sound good? You guys on board? You all know, awake this morning? You guys are a lot more awake than first service was, and that's usually not the case. No offense to you second, second service guys. So, but this morning, I think before we dive into heaven, hell, I mean, we have to get a basis for, for, for where we're at, for the existence of, of heaven and hell. See, 30% of Christians don't believe in hell. That's a pretty large number if you were to think about it. 30% do not believe in in hell. But 82% believe in heaven. Now, I don't know what happened to the 18% there that don't believe in heaven and how they have a foundation for their faith. But it confuses me. But 30% don't believe in hell. But 82% believe in heaven. Those are—that's a pretty big number. Thirty percent's a pretty, pretty vast majority of Christians in the U.S. Who, who don't believe in hell. So let's talk about heaven and hell for a little bit, and I, and I want to do this just to kind of paint a picture of what heaven is like and what hell is like, and and get a foundation that they are—it is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And so when we think about heaven, what comes to mind? What comes to mind in your mind? Maybe, maybe this morning you think of the description of heaven that we find in Revelation 21, where it talks about you know, streets of gold and, and walls of jasper and precious stones and pearls and how beautiful the city is. And maybe you, talk about, maybe you think about no more death and, and no more sorrow and, and no crying and no tears and, and no pain. Maybe this morning when you think about heaven, you think about the presence of God. You know, the Bible says that, it says in that same chapter in Revelation, that, that no light's needed. Because the presence of God is the light. Sounds awesome, right? The presence of God is the light, and he, he provides the light. How about glorified heavenly bodies? Somebody's excited about glorified heavenly bodies. Come on. I don't know what that means, but it has to be better than this. That's the only thing I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what it means, but it has to be better than this. How about, how about the idea of complete unity with God? Complete unity. Complete agreement. We, we, we hear what he's saying. We, we, can identify when we, when we can identify with exactly who he is. Because I think sometimes in our minds we don't understand exactly who God is. But yet we get complete unity with him. How about the full presence of God? The peace and joy that is found only in the presence of God. Maybe you think about food because sometimes I like to think about food because we're talking about heavenly bodies, and so I like food. What about Revelation 19 it talks about a marriage feast and food that would be this, this is going to be there? You know, when you talk to talk to talk to teenagers. That's the first thing they go to is food, and, and they think about heaven. See, I believe that heaven. It is real, heaven is real. Heaven is a place. You know, we look at Jesus' teachings. There's a couple of scriptures I'm gonna pull out this morning. We look at Jesus' teaching in, in Matthew in, in, in Matthew in chapter six, and he's it's the Lord's prayer, and he says, "Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who is in heaven." So it's a, a location, a place. Also in John 14, he says, "Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms." If it were not so, I would have told you. Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you, that you also may be where I am. You know, heaven is a place of, of, of rewards. You know, there's many scriptures that talk about the kingdom of heaven and, and, and the rewards in, in heaven. And Matthew 25 says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, rewards and joy. See, I believe the fact really is, is that heaven is a real place. And it's better than anything that you or I can ever imagine. See, I think that oftentimes we try to like put an earthly quantity to what heaven is going to be like. Just like the physical description of heaven in Revelation... In 21, there's descriptions that are laid out there. And he says, the streets are like gold. And I think that the streets of gold are just something that, you know, from, 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 for me, that I look at it, is that the streets are, are like gold. You know, there was silver, there was precious stones, and, and there were all these precious metals that were decorated among the city. And I believe what's being said through this description is that heaven is better than anything we can imagine. Because in their day, you know, the writer of that was, was, he knew as gold was like the most valuable piece of currency that they had. They didn't have the American dollar bill or, you know, the, the, the penny or anything like that. They, they had gold and, and silver and, and precious stones. And he's saying that it's the most valuable thing. The, the thing in our currency, gold, that is the most valuable is like dirt in heaven. Think about that. Heaven is better than anything we can even imagine. There's no sorrow, no weeping, no pain. I can't imagine what life would be like without that. Think about that for a moment. Think about no sorrow. Think about no pain. Think about no grief. What would life be like? How would your life be different without those things in your life? We can't even comprehend it, right? I see a lot of like just big eyes because you're like, like you're tr- try, to, try to think about that. But we can't even understand it. It's a state of being in God's presence all the time. You know, the writer in Psalms says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. What about joy that's, that is, is, is uncomprehendable in our lives? Peace that we can't imagine. That's what heaven is. On the contrary, there, there is hell. And I believe that hell is even even more taboo subject in church, right? We don't talk about the opposite of heaven much. We talk about good things, right? We talk about the things that, that make us feel good. And we talk about the things that, that, that we like to talk about. And but what do you think of when you think of hell? Some of you might say this past week here in eastern PA and how hot it was. Maybe that's what you perceive as as what hell's going to be like and it it may very well be cuz it was hot. And maybe you say fire or heat, you know, referring to the revelation 20 verse. Maybe you think of hell of, as having physical pain and weeping and, and gnashing of teeth as is, is what the, the writer in Matthew, Matthew says. Or, or, but I want to I point out here that Jesus doesn't just reference hell like we do often as, as, as a church or as the church universal. We just reference hell. But Jesus actually describes it in, in great detail. And, and we're going to look at a few of these this morning. It says, it, it says, he says it's a place of torment in Luke 16. Of a place of unquenchable fire, fire, Mark nine, where the worm does not die, where people will gnash their teeth in anguish and regret, Matthew thirteen, a place from which there is no return, even to warn loved ones in Luke sixteen. He calls hell a place of outer darkness. He compares hell to, to a place called Gehenna, which is a place outside the city that was a valley where, where all the city dump went to, all their trash went to. It, it was a place where, where uh, the Bible describes it as like the worms were, uh, were, were, were worms and maggots abound is, what, is what, the, what the scripture describes it as. It was a place where the lowest people in their society who maybe didn't have families or those who had you know, like leprosy or they were considered unclean, when they die, it was a place where they were taken and they were dumped. It was a place of, of uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a place that the fires never went out, is what scripture says. See, hell is complete separation from God. And in Luke 16, this morning in verse 19, we see a story of a rich man and Lazarus. And I, I believe that this gives us some detail as to what maybe hell may feel like for for those who are there. And you say, Pastor Robert, what are you doing this morning? Are you going to take us down a road and paint a picture of what hell is and then scare me to the altar to get my life to Christ? No, that's not what we're doing this morning. Uh, I just want us to have a a picture of, I think as Christians, we we see what heaven is like and we hear what heaven is like. And then we just ignore hell sometimes. And and so this morning, I want to read this scripture. We're going to look at it and then what does it mean to us? So Luke 16 and verse 19, and it'll be on the screen, or you can you can uh, turn, turn in your Bibles to that. and It says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate lay a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Gross. I don't know why they had to put that in there. The time came when the beggar died and angels carried him to Abraham's side. Abraham's side refers to heaven. And, and the rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham. And Hades refers to hell. He, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to them, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Because I am in agony in this fire. How is a place Of agony. Hell is a place of agony. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there's this great chasm. It has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor anyone can cross over from there to us. See, there's this place of no return. Hell, hell is a place of no return. There's this great chasm, this great separation between, between, between heaven and hell. And no one can cross that. It, it says that he answered, he said, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they may, will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, let them listen. They have the teachings, they have the law, they 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 have they have they have solid they have solid teaching. No Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to the to the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone raises from the dead. See, hell is a place of, of great sorrow, a place of incredible grief, a place of incredible regret. We talk about weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, 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 I picture that as, a, as, as, as unbearable grief, unbearable regret in my mind. He says, let me warn my family of this place. Send someone to tell them. Just send someone. Anyone, send them. Let them know about this place. You know, in, in our lives, in our societies, we've experienced maybe grief on some level. If you've ever lost someone who is very close to you, you've experienced grief. You know, for me, I, I lost both my parents within three months of each other as a 20, I don't even know, 20-some-year-old guy. And, and you've lost someone very close to you. And I remember the nights of, of weeping. I remember the nights of, of literally, not even tears, just moaning because of the intense grief that, that, and the loss that I That I experienced, and some of you, maybe you've been there. Maybe you, maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you are experiencing that. No words could ever describe the way that I felt—the emptiness. And I believe that that grief is just a hint, just a hint of the grief that someone in hell, or that this rich man was was feeling. See, hell is a place of complete separation from God and from His presence complete separation and maybe here on earth you may feel like i'm separated from god no see as as a believer you have no idea the separation that comes we sing this song reckless love god pursuing us god's constantly pursuing you here on earth but when but once but once eternity is is in hell there is no pursuit there is no reckless love see heaven is a place of unity with god and, and his presence for me, growing up and even in Bible college, heaven and hell were not something that, that I studied, right? You know, mostly because like most of us, most of us as Christians, I, I look at it and I went, well, I gave my life to Christ. I know where I'm going, so why does it matter, right? How many of you guys have ever thought, felt that way? I felt that way. Why, why does it matter? Yeah, why, why does it matter? I'd already made a decision to follow Christ, and it's easy just to not think about hell. Just to not think about that. And as a pastor, you know, I've done, a few, I've done, done funerals with people who, who, who have suffered loss. And, and the grief that they experience is, is insurmountable. It's indescribable. It's For those who know where their loved one is going to spend eternity, it's hard. But can I tell you how hard the process is? And some of you have been there. Whenever you don't know the eternity... Where, where your loved one would spend eternity. It's incredibly painful. And sometimes regret, sorrow, remorse are all things that we, we experience. But let me encourage you that those should be motivators to not let another person that we do life with, that we live life with, go into eternity without us compelling them with the gospel of Jesus. Why am I telling you this this morning? Because it goes into the third part of where we're going this morning. Heaven, hell, and me. And I want to share a little bit from my heart and from, from where I have walked and where I'm walking in my life. But heaven and hell affects you and I. We may put it on the back burner. We may not think about it. But it affects us in a tremendous way. First, it affects our eternity. In reality, heaven and hell affects our eternity. If you're in this room, you have a choice to choose life or to continue towards death. We are all going to die. One out of one of us. 100% bad news this morning. 100% of us in this room are going to die. We're, we will all die. We're all dying currently. We're all, we all are currently dying. So uh, just so we're out there, we're all, we're all clear on that. Everyone will die. So if there's a test afterwards and and somebody asks you, you know, who's going to die, we're all going to die, every one of us. But it's an idea of eternity. And when I hear the word eternity, the only thing that I can think of is I think about the, I I hear the word eternity, I I think about the the Sandlot movie, right? And I picture that kid with the, the glasses and he's going, forever, right? Anybody understand that? Every time I hear eternity, that's exactly what I picture in my mind. So if you're talking to me about eternity and I snicker a little bit, that might be why. But eternity is forever. And we have a choice that we get to make: to continue in death or to choose life. In the you say, Pastor Rob, you're being pretty direct about that. Yeah. The Bible is pretty direct about it too. In in First John and in, in, in chapter five, he says, "And this testimony God has given us, and this is the testimony God has given us: eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. If you don't have life, you have death. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may have eternal life." When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and he, he indwells inside of you and you are, in Ephesians 11, it says it like this, that, that you are marked, that you are, you are, a seal is put on you. It says a deposit, the Holy Spirit is a deposit of our inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. It's a deposit of our inheritance, which is, which is heaven. For all believers, our inheritance is heaven. On the contrary, Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians, he says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. It is not God's will. It is God's will that none shall perish, but everyone should have life in heaven, eternal life. However, we make that choice, we choose our eternity. We make that decision. We either spend eternity in the presence of God, perfect peace, or we spend eternity in a place of agony and constant torment. As some may say, all roads do not lead to heaven. One decision to a new life. Jesus came that you might have access to eternal life. He paid a debt for all that we have ever done wrong. A debt that you and I could never pay, he paid for us. And the Bible says that no human mind can even conceive what God has in store for those who love him. And this morning, maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Christ. Today is your day. Today is your day to choose. Choose life. And for those of us who have already made a decision to follow Christ, I would say this morning that that's a a vast majority of those in this room. We have a promise of heaven. And for many of us, I believe that we we do not understand the power and significance of that promise, of that eternity that we have. And can I be honest for a moment? We don't live our lives as if we've made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe for a day we pursue God. Maybe for a day, month we pursue God. Maybe for a season we pursued God and what He has for us in our new life. But eventually what happens? We just become complacent. We become comfortable. It's Jesus in me. We got this. We got this. It's Jesus in me. And we get sucked back into, into a comfort zone. And, and, and I already, we say, I prayed and I already gave my life to Jesus and I know where I'm going. And can I tell you that that's not the path of the New Testament disciples and the New Testament believers, the heaven-bound believers in the New Testament. That's not the path that they chose. Heaven and hell really does affect our eternity. And it affects the eternity of those around us. see, I believe this is the biggest thing that we, we, we miss as believers. And I'm talking to myself here. So this morning, if you're like, Pastor Rob, you're being pretty, like, pretty intense about this. Because it's something I've been, in, under, been under conviction about for a few weeks, prepping for this sermon. Because I'll tell you, when Pastor Paul told me I was going to preach on heaven and hell, I was like, that sounds like hell. <laughs> Just being honest with you. <laughs> But why don't we see the internal impact that our lives have on others? Why don't we see the internal impact of heaven and of hell on those around us? No matter what you believe heaven is really like, no matter what you believe hell is really like, there is one thing I believe that we can all agree on. Hell is a place we don't want to visit, and and heaven is a place we probably do want to visit, right? We can agree on that. We don't want anyone to experience hell. We want everyone to experience heaven. Jesus talks about this. He talks about how heaven and hell affects us. And and he tells his disciples right before he's ready to ascend into heaven, he says, go and make disciples. And he says in Matthew 24, he he comes back and he he reminds them, he he says, you've heard, you've experienced salvation. You've heard what I've taught about about, uh, about how to live your life. You've heard of my teachings on heaven and how and, and, and I'm leaving, and, 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 and I'm going to come back, and, and no one knows when I'm going to return. And the disciples were looking for the imminent return of Christ, so what did they do? They left, and they went, and they made disciples. They weren't afraid to share their faith. They weren't afraid to, to, to experience, to, to walk in what God had called them to, what Jesus had said to them. And they weren't afraid to do that how much more should we be expecting the return of Christ? How much more should we hear the words of Jesus? And they totally transform the way that we live our lives. See, our culture today is focused on the here and now. It's focused on what affects me right now in this moment. And honestly, if we look at it, and as I step back and I've looked at my life, I've been pretty selfish in my life. Anybody else with me? Been pretty selfish? I've been pretty selfish. Especially when it comes to heaven and hell and how it affects those around me. Because it's not convenient to live with an eternal perspective. It's not convenient to live with the perspective of how does heaven and how does hell affect those around me. Christ died that we might have access to eternal life and and we've accepted that and we've been sealed and we've been marked with the Holy Spirit. We have the the deposit inside of us. But it isn't God's will that we live life for ourselves, we talk about heaven. We talk about hell, and and it's good that we have the information in God's Word. And we talk about how terrible hell is and how wonderful heaven is. Yet our lives, yet we live our lives as if neither one really exists. We live our lives as if they don't really apply to us. We don't want anyone to perish they say i'm never going to go to hell because i have the grace of jesus and i'm going to heaven but on the same hand i believe that deep down the disciples didn't want anyone else to experience what jesus had taught about hell and their lives radically changed those around them our lives as james says is like a vapor they appear for a little while and then they vanish away it's like we're saying I'm going to start a savings account next year. I'm going to start my retirement plan next year. Anybody ever said that? Nobody's ever said that. I'm going to start saving for my vacation next year. Yeah, I've done that, right? Yeah, I've been there. I've said those same exact words. I'm going to start my retirement account next year. I'm going to start my savings account next year. And here's what's implied in that statement. I have value in preparing for the future, but I'm too preoccupied with what's going on right now. I'm too preoccupied to do anything about it. I value the future, but I'm too concerned with today to do anything about it. Tomorrow I'll care. Tomorrow I'll put money in the bank. Tomorrow I'll I'll, I'll, I'll deposit some cash or, or I'll start my 401k or 203b or whatever it is. Can I tell you that we're not guaranteed tomorrow? We're not guaranteed that. And that's when we begin to think about, that's the way we begin to think about a person's eternity, but it's too late. You know, if right now you knew that in five minutes your friend was coming down Valley Forge Road, and they were coming to the intersection of in Allentown, and they were going to be in a car crash, and they were going to lose their life. If you knew that, and in five minutes it's going to happen. Right now you would take out your cell phone, you would, you would pick it up, and you would say, Hey, friend, or whoever it is, I got to let you know. There's a car accident going to happen. You're going to lose your life. You need to take Broad Street instead of taking Valley Forge. You got it? And you would take the moment and you would you would you would you would have that conversation and it would save their life. How much more should we be concerned about where they're going to spend eternity and how their how their walk is spiritually? Heaven or hell? This doesn't mean that you have to grab your stool and go stand on the street corner and stand on it and, and preach. Maybe for some of you, that's what you need to do. I look at my life. I look at my family. I look at, you know, my grandfather. My grandfather's a great guy, really great guy. He, he goes to church every Sunday, basically. He's very religious. He, he, he attends church very, on, a, on a very regular basis. But I might be honest with you I don't know where he's going to spend eternity Heaven or hell Does good things Lives a good life But I don't know I look at some of my other family members My, my cousins, they're like brothers to me I was an only child, they're like brothers And I look and I go Man I know they went to church one time couple of times. They were at my mom and dad's funeral, so it's not like they haven't heard the gospel message. But I'm not sure where they'd spend eternity today. I think oftentimes as a society, that's the way we look at life. That's the way we look at those around us. Because I've said, tomorrow I'll do that. Tomorrow I'll have that conversation. Tomorrow I will approach that but then our life is like a vapor. You know, sharing the gospel isn't just sharing maybe how bad hell is and how terrible a place it might be. But sharing the gospel is also sharing in the joy of heaven and how wonderful it is. See, we get a glimpse of what heaven is like here on earth. We get a glimpse of what heaven is like. See, what what God has done for us during this time on earth does not even compare... To what heaven is going to be like doesn't even compare to our experiences in eternity. And can I be honest with us for a minute, me included? I'm I'm talking to myself here, okay. So just know this, but some of us need to notify our faces that we've chosen life, that we've chosen life instead of death, that we've made a decision to walk and follow Jesus, that we've we have a hope and that we have a promise. That we once were lost and now we're found, and I have an I have an outlook on my forever, is a promise that we have an eternal destination, and that's heaven. First John two twenty four says, "As for you, see that you have that see what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will remain in the Son and in the Father, and this is what He has promised us: eternal life." I'm also reminded of a verse in, in Matthew. And it talks about, um, how precious and how valuable heaven is. It says, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away. He sold everything that he had and he bought it. Church, we have something of great value as believers. We have something that, that is of great value to share with others. And oftentimes we live our lives as if we don't have anything. We live our lives as if heaven is just like a, a secondary benefit of giving our lives to Christ. We, we look at heaven as, as a, uh, a sideshow, if you would, of what happens when we start following Jesus. And that's not the case. See, in this parable, the merchant sold everything that he had to, to take hold of the most valuable thing. The most valuable thing in his life. See, the word I heard this week is extravagant love. And the extravagant love the Father has for us to call us children should be the same extravagant love that we have for those who are around us. And how are we going to affect their eternity? How are we going to affect their eternity? We say our love, we love our neighbor, yet, we, yet it does not change the way we live or the way that we act towards them. Extravagant love is this, that people cannot help but see the love of God in and through us because of our actions because of our conversations what is the cost that we are willing to pay to see somebody else's eternity change forever see church today we can do something about it it's not too late for us we're all still here right we're all still breathing right 100% of us are still alive in this room correct good good because if not I would be really concerned um but we can change. It's a renewing of our mind. It's a, it's a complete thought transformation that has to happen. And it, it doesn't just have to happen in, in maybe in, in not just in, in us, in you, but it has to happen in me as well. We have to take the steps and we have to walk it out. It's daily being reminded that, that heaven and hell are real, real and that we're not promised tomorrow. So this morning, just I want to go through a couple of things that, that will help you nurture an eternal perspective to see people as eternal beings seeing people who have a forever and that we have a we have a way to influence that first thing i I believe is that in order to nurture an eternal perspective we have to truly experience god's presence see here on earth it's just a taste of what heaven is going to be like Maybe it's spending time daily. And as you're spending time daily communicating with him, and you're spending time, see, it's communication, it's two-way street, two two ways. As we're spending time communicating with him, the more that we spend time in him and the more we experience him, the more we want others to experience the same presence of God that we experience. See, the more vibrant your relationship with Jesus is, the more obvious it will be to those around you. Second, I believe, is, is, is what it says in John 15, 30. It says, Greater love has no man in this than to lay down one, his life for his friends. So, second is, is to nurture an eternal perspective. I think it's not only just getting time in the presence of God, because the more that we're in the presence of God, the more we become to look like Him, the more we'll love like Him, the more that we'll, we'll, we'll radiate His presence to those around us, and we'll become more attractive to those who we're, we want to change their eternal perspective. Not just that, but also the idea of sacrifice. To lay down one's life for his friends. You know, Paul said it like this. He said, I die daily. And I think it's the idea of us sacrificing. In every decision that we make, how does it affect the eternal perspective of those around you? How does it affect the eternity? Heaven and hell are real. How does it affect eternity? Does that decision show the love of Christ to those around you? We're called to love. We're called to live a life of love. And sometimes I think that we wait and we say, oh, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to tell me what to do before I talk to my neighbor. Give me the words to say before I talk to my neighbor. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit then looks at us and goes, hey, listen, I've already told you. I've already given you the commandment to go make disciples. I've already given you God's word and and everything that you need to know and, and, and to share and yet we still say, well, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit. I'm waiting on direction. But he says, go. I told you to love others. We're the ones who have to take, be, be intentional and take the step. Sometimes we're more worried about what they may think about us for a moment than where they will spend eternity. Can I tell you that that moment... That you may feel like you look like a fool can totally change the trajectory of someone's life. That one moment can affect eternity. Third, you may say, Pastor Rob, this is so churchy. But third is to maybe literally ask God to cha- help you change your mind, to help you change the way that you live your life, to help you change a, a, a transformation in our thinking. And I look and I go in our world and in our culture, there is a there's blinders that have been put on by our society that says, you know, this is what you have to focus on and this is where you're at, and and, and can I tell you that those blinders are are a distraction. And, and oftentimes that we we get distracted by everything under the sun, and whenever we're distracted by everything under the sun and we're not looking at people as eternal beings, Satan has won the day for you, in that day for you. Just being honest. When we let distractions come above the way we see people as, as, as eternal beings and where they're going to spend eternity. See, in ourselves, we're selfish. But I think literally it's asking God, give us an eternal mindset. And I think for many of us, for me, it's, it's, it's being intentional that I, when I wake up in the morning and throughout my day, I have to continue to remind myself that I have a chance to affect someone's eternity today. In this moment at the grocery store line, I have the chance to affect, to affect someone's eternity today. When I, walk down, when I walk down the street, you know, this past week we were in D.C., Christy and I went to visit some friends and got to see the fireworks at the National Mall, and I sat there and, and know that I was preaching on this this week, and I sit there and I look at the thousands of people that are around me, and I go, God, how is my life Affecting the eternity of these people. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to spend eternity. But I do know this. I must wake up every day and say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was on a path to death and destruction, but today I'm alive. Because I chose heaven over choosing hell. And I must do everything that I can in this day and every thought process must funnel through the idea that everybody that I walk in, come in contact with is an eternal being and they're going to choose a path of destruction or a path to life. It will change the way you live. It will change the way maybe your neighbors look at you. Can I tell you that we're so often worried about the way people look at us that people actually respect you Whenever you have the guts, just to be real, let's call it for what it is. When you have the guts to share about eternity, when you have the guts to share about heaven and hell, they may still deny you. They may say, no, you know, I, I don't believe that. Okay, that's fine. But you've teared down a wall and you've created a conversation. Change the way you live. See, hell is eternal separation from God. It's eternal separation from his presence, full of regret, remorse, sorrow, loneliness. And Heaven is complete unity with God, full of his presence, where there's joy and peace, no pain, no sorrow, pure. And we have an obligation as believers to look at people as eternal beings. We have an obligation to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this morning, as the worship team comes, I want to close with this illustration this morning. And if Christy and Brian can help me real quick. See, so this morning, there's, there's this line. And this, this line represents eternity. If you were to think about it, Eternity. And if I had a long enough rope, we would go around the world forever and forever each way. But I don't have a long enough rope, so this is what we're dealing with this morning. So this line represents eternity. And this dot is your life in the midst of eternity, forever, one way or the other. See, the Bible says that our lives are like a vapor. They're here for a moment. And then they're gone. But eternity still happens. Whether you're here or whether you're not, eternity for somebody else is going to take place. Somebody else is living in eternity this morning. How does your life, how does your dot affect the eternity, the forever of those around you? See, we are small when we look at eternity, right? Eternity is forever. And where is a small piece of what eternity looks like? But your small piece, your small dot, has the ability to change the trajectory of somebody's life forever. To help them walk from a pathway of death, you guys can put that down, and destruction, to a pathway of life. Will others' eternities, will others' Will other people's forevers be impacted by your life? Because of you, who will make eternal decisions? Who will make eternal decisions of life instead of death, of heaven instead of hell? And this morning, I I would challenge you. You know, Pastor Rob, that's a pretty big ask because I am just a I'm just a pretty small dot, right? Sometimes we look at ourselves as so insignificant. But can I tell you, because we have the promise of heaven, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have the ability to speak life in the people.
1: We have the ability to
0: to speak, to to, to share with them the gospel of Jesus, to change, totally change their trajectory in their eternity. This morning, I think my, my challenge to you would be, is that seems pretty big to affect everyone around me, right? What if you started with just one person? Who is one person that your little dot could change their eternity? And because of your little dot, there would be another dot here with you, and another dot beside you because you've literally impacted and before you know it many lives many people's eternities will be impacted because of you because of heaven because of hell and because they're both real we have an obligation to the gospel we have an obligation the worship team is going to play they're going to sing a song called Lord I Need You And as we walk this out, we need God to walk this with us. We we need his help. So this morning, think about that. Who will make an eternal decision of life instead of death? Because of you.